I don't know how he actually said that, the Big Bopper. I'm only going off, like, impressions of impressions. <laughs> Go on, Alan. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I'm just adjusting my mic. Hello. 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 There we go. Okay, I've got Hello. it. Hello. Right. It's the best opening we've ever done. <laughs> is this is this because it's a Christmas Hello. episode and we're doing a tribute to Olivia Hussey in Black Christmas every time she answers the phone? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> nearly nearly three hundred episodes in. This is uh this is as slick as we've we've got. Hello and welcome to Why This Film, where we revisit a film from your childhood. And today our guest is Calvin Dyson. Hello. I didn't realize you'd... You're talking about gremlins. Right. Why do you like gremlins from your childhood? I yeah. thought this was diminishing returns. Have you changed the name of the podcast while I've been out? <laughs> I'm just stealing ideas. But we are, yeah. we are looking at a childhood favorite, though. Uh, Th- yeah, this yeah, is yeah. annual we'll, we'll viewing for me. Those. Can I... Can I... Before we move on, can I quickly say thank you, Tomo, for that wonderful theme tune. Oh, yeah. Uh, Christmas remix. Uh, and, uh, yes, Calvin, talking about being out of out of uh, practice, Rusty, you and I, just the other day at the time of recording, went and watched Danny Elfman performing The Nightmare Before Christmas in concert. Yes, we, we did. It was fabulous. And, al- yes, although it was fabulous, he... Uh, he did keep fucking up the words. He did, he? yeah. Some of the lyrics he uh, messed up on, and uh, yeah, it was kind of jarring when you know it word for word like we do. He hasn't given it a second thought for thirty years. <laughs> that's that's what I think is because he's, he's he's not he's he's not been performing on the reg for ages. So I think it's all right. Even even a seasoned pro like him uh, will fall out of practice, get a bit you know rough around the edges. So it's fine if our openings are total shambles. We've not been doing the show every week for a while mm. now. Also, Soul's going to finish the show with a bit of Oingo Bongo. <laughs> Hell <laughs> yeah. Oingo Boingo. Oingo <laughs> Bongo. Just to... Uh... They drink it in the Congo is what I've heard. <laughs> That's racist. Have, are they allowed to sell that anymore? Or is it well, off the shelves? Umbongo, yeah. Umbongo. I don't know if you get away with that these days. Because it's not... It's, it's well, Kia Oro was the racist one, wasn't it? They just said the too orangey for crows. <laughs> I don't know if it was deliberately racist. Though. I think the, the sugar content would probably be enough to get it banned. <laughs> Garlic bread. <laughs> oh, oh, we're in, we're in good spirits. Why? Because it's Christmas. Christmas. Oh my god! I've had too much chocolate. Jingle bells. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not Christmas, but. It was snowy today, wasn't it, guys? Oh, it's covered in snow. Mm. Very snowy snow. down here. I mm. don't oh, know. There's not, there's not actually any snow in Manchester. It's just you London. No, there's guys. not really any here at the moment. It's all snow. sort of melted now. Oh, has it disappeared? Yeah. That's a shame. We got a lot overnight. We got a good foot of snow overnight. Was, uh, foot? Oh, no, no. I was out in it. At the at the windmill today, we were... Um, well, I wasn't, but the, we had a cook in uh, prepping Christmas dinner for tomorrow because we're having uh, like a community club that we have are having their christmas lunch together tomorrow mm. so all day i've been there working and just smelling a christmas dinner oh. and not eating any christmas oh. dinner it's been very frustrating but i am feeling very christmasy because of that and the big snowman that was in front, in front oh of lovely i wasn't feeling christmasy but then we did nightmare before christmas followed by snow and it's kind of like triggered it in me it's sort of like okay you also um, saw I... Electric Six, which always gets you in the Christmassy mood. Yeah, Just yeah, before yeah, we yeah, sat yeah. down to record this, I uh, started writing my Christmas cards. Uh, I'm also in a very Christmassy <laughs> mood. Oh 
Calling you're such an old lady. Who writes Christmas cards? I think cards? it's nice to send and receive Christmas Ever. cards. Also, it's the 12th of December, aren't you too uh, Well, I, Well, I, I wouldn't have been if the bloody postman I was going to say the postal hadn't... service is fucked yeah, at the minute. Yeah, if they'd have kept to their you know jobs and not gone on strike, but uh, <laughs> hopefully it'll get there in time. Yeah, so here we go. Calvin Farage Dyson again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, solidarity with the workers, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, I I watched Gremlins earlier today, and it it fully it fully brought me into into Christmas. I was like, oh look at Aww. that Christmas lights, snow, hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. hey, all the things. Uh, what else is there? Um, Dead Santa, Dead Santa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I can't yeah, wait yeah. to talk about that scene with you. Both. So, Cal, Calvin, <laughs> you you love this film. Yes. You're you're a normie, a normie, a normal person. Yeah, normal per- people it, but, love this. Yeah, film. normal it's person, like, but that is an insult. Don't don't get don't get me wrong. But you're a basic bitch, aren't you, Calvin? That's oh the god, basic bitch. That's what. you're oh. yeah. Uh, I I think liking Gremlins is uh, more sort of niche than Die Hard. Uh, Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, I don't uh, don't know. But yes, this is indeed this is one of my. They're comparable. I I would go so far as to say Die Hard's a bit of a basic bitch film. Everyone loves Mm. it. Die Hard's a basic bitch film for men. Mm. I uh, prefer the second one, but I do watch the first one every year for Christmas. Uh, and then I, I tend to watch the second one around New Year's. That is a very New Year film to me. I think it's because this one's fresh in my mind and uh, the other one doesn't have the Christmas theming that this one does. Uh, and uh, and then you watch the Key and Peele comedy sketch about Gremlins 2 afterwards because you start thinking about uh, No, I've never seen it. watching Gremlins 2. Well, let's save that for our Gremlins Two Christmas special, <laughs> New Year special. Can I can I ask you a question then, right? Because I I watched this again today. I haven't watched. I have seen it before, but mm, God knows how long ago. I couldn't really remember that much mm. about it. So, here's my conjecture to you, Calvin. This film's crap, <laughs> and, and you know it's crap as well. And I want to know why you like it because it must be a nostalgia thing. Because this is a bad film, just in generally, like structurally and like act- and all everything is quite poor. Can I can I ask a question, Calvin? Directly, uh, did you watch this as a child? Uh, no, I didn't actually. It scared me too much as a child, so I came to this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I was going to bring that up as well because I thought it was. I think this film is really terrifying if you're like eight years old. This yeah, would be absolutely. Like especially at the end where the thing starts melting. Yeah, no, I, I've got a friend who was like traumatized by it because yeah, his mum let him watch it. It like really fucked him that up. That scene with the mum in the kitchen. God, really? That what? Where the the gremlin is throwing a plate at her? Uh, now I think it's darkly comedic, but I do remember at the time when the gremlin is in the tree and the tree attacks the mother. <laughs> that that was uh, quite a frightening image and blowing up the gremlin in the microwave and and all that. They they like you know they kill people in this. Like, it's yeah. Now uh... this this is something that. <sighs> One of my main issues is I don't think they're established as being menacing enough because for the vast majority of the film, the gremlins don't come across as a threat so much as they come across some, like, drunken teenagers who've, like, you know, stolen a forklift or something and just, like, smashing up a cinema, you know, throwing their popcorn around. They, they, They don't really ever come across, like, a genuine threat. And then, then you have people reacting like they are, like they're, you know... But they do very consciously kill people. It's not like they accidentally mm. kill people. With I know, I know. It's just it doesn't quite... 
at least not at first, it doesn't quite play that way. This is my thesis. None, none of this really works in on any level. My issue watching it this time, I've only seen this once before. I came to it as like a, a teenager, I think, like a film mm. fan getting into films. Oh, I'd better watch the classics that I haven't seen. Start with Gremlins, move on to <laughs> Citizen Kane. I, I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't particularly care for it myself either. But I thought, like, oh, I'll go back to it. May you know, I've, I've, I've got fond memories of aspects of it it's you know maybe i'll appreciate it more today and i think my tone might be giving some of my feelings away but but um my main issue on the rewatch was this is basically the story of some fucking dipshits introducing an invasive species into their little town then kicking off because there's an invasive species and like exterminating them all and mm. we're asked as a as the audience to like cheer as they just go around killing these animals that are clearly mm. quite a rare endangered species that have you know it, 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 i did think that yeah at one point there was like you know they rarely instinctively murdering these things and it's um yeah, not attempt to sort of trap them or anything like that. And and a lot of the adults just go straight to killing them without mm. even yeah. knowing. Like, I forget. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the mother doesn't know these things are deadly, does she? She goes into the kitchen and they're throwing her plates at her, and she goes, "Oh, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stab the fuck out of this thing. I'm gonna explode it in the microwave." You just need to look at them. <laughs> oh, they see with Calvin. Did they? I think that says a lot about Calvin. I think they're quite cute, aren't they? They're quite fun, friendly, they, they're, endearing. They're like reptile eyes, and they're causing havoc. I mean, they may as well be wearing a hoodie. Eating the cereal right out of the box like that. Oh, the dirty bastards. Oh, I do that. <laughs> you know the... Don't you do that? You live alone, though, Saul. It's all right. You, you oh, can yeah, do. yeah. The first thing that jumped out at me, actually, I was someone who watched this a long time ago and was, had some vague memories. I was surprised that the the main the, our main protagonists are not... Children. It, it, in my mind, they were like 13. Yeah. Yeah, same. I was also surprised that the main protagonist isn't a character. Um, <laughs> like, he's just. They just put an actor in the shot, <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah, right? and that was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> I, I assume you're referring to Zach Galligan as Billy Peltzer, right? Uh, <laughs> Uh, yes, he's, he's, yeah, do you know he's got like loads of credits? He's actually like doing really? acting work. Yeah. Well, I I don't get the impression they were asking him to do anything. I I didn't you know I didn't have a problem with his performance especially. I just didn't think his character had anything to do. He is very self-deprecating about this role, and it, it's fun listening to him on the commentary and stuff. He's sort of like poking fun at his own performance. They do make fun of the, the, the next film is very meta and they do address some of the very criticisms that you guys are making um, in that film. Yes, I know I'm not allowed to ask how the rules work because <laughs> they did a joke about it in the when, second when film. When does it start? <laughs> you, know, you know what really struck me though with this film, and even as a kid I found this really weird, like, on paper like, it, it superficially it comes across like it should be a very intuitive story you know like like a like we feel like it's a a classic story if that makes sense i don't know if i'm conveying this very well no. but then when you get into it it's like this kid is given a monster but it's like a cute little monster but if you feed it after midnight and get it wet <laughs> it turns into an evil it will duplicate itself into evil monsters like tribbles but then the tribbles go evil and then they attack you. It's like, it's so weirdly convoluted. Well, I just don't quite... And then the dad's an inventor 
Yeah, don't get into that. Now, John Candy died at this point. Is that why he's not the dad? <laughs> they wish they had John Candy. Um, let me ask you, Calvin, because mm. you you might know a bit more about this. Did did they have a script? <laughs> yes, they. It really, really feels like they're making this up on the fly, and they've tried to edit it together, and it's not worked very well. No, no, no. Well, Joe Dante is quite famous for rewriting things and changing them on the fly, isn't he? To fit his own sensibilities, try and get them past like what the producers want from him. So, is there some of that going on here? I know that was the case with the the second film, wasn't it? They just kind of had to give him free reign to do whatever the fuck he wanted to come back. Oh yeah, the second one is him unleashed, and I think in this one, I think I think you do have a bit of. A, I think that's why I think I prefer the second one because uh, in this first one, you can feel that it is somewhat restrained. I think I think elements of it were written as a straight up kind of you know horror film uh, for younger people. Uh, but then it was through Joe Dante and his particular sense of humor. He's he loves Looney Tunes, and a lot of the Gremlins shenanigans yeah. are very Looney Tunes inspired. I know, but like I love the Looney Tunes, and I'm I'm telling you, Joe Dante's work—it's no Looney Tunes. You know, <laughs> I, I I know that he's kind of going for like big, you know, <laughs> bulbous eyes and things, and a lot. Of, like I see where he's like drawing on, but he is ultimately making live action stuff with puppets and they can't emote in the same way. You can't choreograph them in the same way. Mm. Um, and instead you can see the little sticks that move their arms very clearly in half the shots that they're used <laughs> in. Which uh, I'm sure I'm sure to you, Calvin, is uh, endearing and part of the charm. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think it's a really well-balanced um, horror comedy. I think that, uh, much like um, An American Wolf in London, actually, I think they're comparable. I know Souls probably fainted mm. at the association there. Well, no, I, I, I think maybe you're right, because American Werewolf in London's sense of humour is completely disjointed from everything else that film is doing, mm. but somehow it works for me there. Mm. Um, I think that whereas, this is similar. Uh, yeah, I just don't think it works as well for some reason. I don't know why. Well, no, to be honest, you know, like, I, I, I feel like I'm being very negative. It's Alan, like, ganging up with the stronger, <laughs> <laughs> the stronger kid to bully the weaker one. <laughs> Um, I, I like I I settled in like I I was quite enjoying this at the start. The setup was a bit odd, but like entertaining. It was only really when the gremlins like came out and started causing havoc that it was like, it oh god, they've they've just got like there's like the whole plot is basically done, and now we're just padding it with different it's, scenes yeah, of the gremlins, and yeah. each scene is so slow there's that scene for example where a gremlin starts like using a puppet itself and it's mm. like oh it's a hilarious joke because a puppet's using a puppet mm. and it's like that's like a 10 second gag and then the camera just keeps rolling for like two minutes while he goes rawr, rawr, rawr. And it's like yeah no we got it we got it we got the joke we got it <laughs> it feels like to me this is what this film's it feels like a toy company had some little gremlin toys that weren't selling very well so <laughs> They paid to have a film made about them to try and publicize it. Spent a load of money in pre-production on puppets. The money ran out. And so they threw some shit together with some pretty decent puppets. And and they just let the they just didn't have a script. They let the puppeteers improvise and mess about. And then they went, should we have a story to kind of fit around this? And someone went, yes, get Joe Dante, he could do it maybe. Yeah, yeah all right. And that and that's 
they spent like three days filming the around the wraparound bits. Well, th- I mean, it had a lot more thought put into it than that. I mean, this is Did one it? of those 80s Spielberg productions, even as a cameo in this. But the idea of Gremlins, I suppose we should probably uh, talk about, predate this yeah. film by considerable uh, amount of time. I'm intrigued to hear this. This is what I mean. Like, it feels like such a... It feels like a concept that should exist in like fairy tales, you know, and and it just. But then you really dig into it, and it's like, ah, oh, but it's so convoluted, and I don't understand it. So I'm intrigued to hear the genesis of. Well, I think to your point, Sol, about what you said earlier on about this feels like it should be a kind of classic tale, um, mm. and it and it and it's not really. And to be honest, the more classic Gremlin tale is the uh, Twilight Zone. William Shatner, what what's it called? Terror at forty thousand feet. Something or... on the wind. One of those things. Uh, Nightmare at 20,000 feet, I think. Right, yeah, that's it. Because that creature, I don't think they refer to it as a gremlin in the episode. Maybe they do, but that is more in line with the origins of the word and the association of the creatures. Because it came up from um, 1920s RAF um, aircraft workers who would, if they had mechanical faults in their planes, they'd blame the gremlins have done it. Um, and then Roald Dahl published a book called The Gremlins, uh, mm. which kind of popularized it. And then there was a Looney Tunes cartoon, I think it was Bugs Bunny, um, who he did battle with a gremlin. Um, it was about a plane. Um, so the, there was always this association of gremlins with aeroplanes. If there's a problem in an aeroplane, it's the gremlin, you know, in the engine or whatever. Um, yeah. And this film changes that quite remarkably. I mean, I, I think that the word gremlin is somewhat arbitrarily used here. Um, you could call them anything. Well, they do They do lean into that with the, the fella who's, like, talking about foreign foreign muck. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's they quite put, nicely... Always gremlins in the machine. That's obviously what he's... Quite nicely handled, I thought, to be honest. As a... mm. yeah. yeah, yeah, true. Um, but it is just interesting that there's no... Other than him, there's no... You know, they don't get on a plane at any point, and I would have thought that that would have been the more obvious thing to do if that is primarily what gremlins are known for before this that's the sequel though isn't it when they fly over to another country and uh, they they go full pandemic <laughs> yes let me ask you a question about structure oh. uh, why is the dad narrator of the film <laughs> that's so bizarre isn't it I, I found that so end, weird no, nowhere else because I quite liked that it opened on the dad, but then he just vanishes and like, <sighs> and it feels like that. And he's, doing an, like he's a... an inventor. Why is he an inventor? What's that, was that a very about? 80s thing, though, wasn't it? Like a kooky inventor. I but think it, it doesn't. It doesn't factor into. Other than I guess it gives him like an incentive to like let's make loads of gremlins, but then that doesn't even like you know because we can sell him. I think it is more uh, because it just gives them like funny things at home to get comedy out of. Yeah, and, I think so. Yeah, his smokeless ashtray and all that. It feels like a real holdover from a previous draft, but yes. I don't yeah. know if it you're actually right is. That, no, you're that, that that I hadn't thought that, but yeah, that does feel like. <laughs> Well, this is, it's like this, it's got this kind of, it feels like it's going for a sort of Americana, like Christmas story kind of thing, mm. but it doesn't quite, do, or it's, it's supposed to be playing on that, like subverting that, but it mm. never quite comes to anything. Nothing in this film comes to anything, that's the problem. And like, so the the, the dad, we see him narrating a thing, and he's going to tell you a story, and then they chop it in at the end. 
that feels like they've just thrown that in, like in the edit, because it wasn't quite didn't quite make sense. Mm. But this is what I mean. Like I I like individual elements of this film like that. They just nothing like kind of comes together in a way that I find satisfying. The 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 scene at the end that we talked about before, where um the the girl explains why she hates Christmas and it's revealed that, you know, her dad died in the chimney and comes out of nowhere. Never mentioned Yeah, it. It, it's a it's a great scene as a standalone piece. It's really interesting, like it's entertaining, but it comes out of nowhere. It doesn't really pay anything significant off it other than they fit, like did a Chekhov's gun line earlier. It doesn't fit the tone of the film. It doesn't like doesn't add explain to any sort of subtext or anything. It's just bizarre. Just total. <laughs> so. I mean, to your point, like, yeah, I mean, it, it was rewritten and edited. I think the opening went on a lot longer originally. I think I'm remembering this correctly. Uh, there was a much more um, extensive sequence with the dad going around the marketplace and whatnot, and then you know they chopped it down and decided to just get through exposition in voiceover instead. Uh, mm, well, even well, that, yeah, right? Sense. Even that is messy because the dad is both. Both trying to sell his inventions and find a Christmas yeah. present for his yeah. kid. If he's it's just like, looking even for that a is cool just Christmas present. weird. Yeah. Or um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just don't do but, both. But like, yeah, just that that Santa bit. Like again, it feels like the dead dad in the chimney, Father Christmas bit. Like again, it feels like a remnant from an earlier draft. It, it feels like that character originally had an arc, like properly. I hate Christmas. And then she comes to enjoy Christmas through the weirdest way and, <laughs> you know, bonding with someone. And, and then the film is, like, about, I don't know, the, the the spirit of Christmas coming together and opening up to other people. But th- there's none of that, like, really in there. So it's just this weird, like, tangent. It's just... It's so Everything's odd. a tangent. There's a... There's a there's a bit... There's a, there's a section <laughs> about 20 minutes where the main character, the boy, is not in it. For, for ages, and then he comes back in later. Nothing's happened, but and then there's another kid. One of the Corys is in it. Oh yeah, bit. Corey Feldman. Like, that goes nowhere. Does something happen to him? Do we see him later? Uh, he's in a sequence later on of defending himself against the Gremlins, but he is just um, Billy's uh, friend for which is it's a bit just... odd because there's about ten years difference between them. But... <laughs> yeah. uh... Also, this this film, and I think this is a Joe Dante thing, but it's something that like really fucks me off in any film when you see it. And there's certain, it's like a, it, it to me it film it feels like such a film student impulse that I think should be hammered out of you yes. right before you're allowed to pick up a camera. <laughs> but it's this like this sort of this weird like fanboy obsessiveness of they just want to show you shit so in this film there's at least three points where we just linger on a tv screen or something and have to watch like an extensive clip from a film that obviously (laughs) joe dante loves and just wants us to like see this bit from it's a wonderful life or Mm. uh is it invasion of the body snatchers at one point whatever film he's watching Mm. and uh snow white and it's just like why are we yeah fine have it on in the background but like we're just sitting here watching this thing and it's not adding like at least in son of the mask they then do a whole <laughs> fucking 20 minutes where the baby starts trying to replicate the weird frog warner brothers mm. cartoon after well, we've that's sat a quality and watched film it. that's the difference <laughs> well i think you know, joe, but, joe dante is yeah. just a fan of classic hollywood and he does you know you see yeah. him on documentaries of films that he had no involvement in and he loves creature from the black mm. lagoon and all those 50s sci-fi movies and 
we yeah, and it's just lame to just show us. It's like I remember watching a student film when we were at uni, and it opened with like loads of establishing shots of just this guy's DVD collection, and the camera would like pan along so you could like see every <laughs> film on his shelf, and it was just like. I don't care. I think you're always it's like, like it's like when it's like when Electric Six do a cover of like David Bowie or something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You just think, oh, grow up, guys, do your own material. No, no, because that would be Joe Dante parodying uh, a scene from a Looney Tunes cartoon. I'd be all right with that. <laughs> oh yeah, so it's like Electric Six just playing a, a, like a, a David Bowie album, and it'd going, be this like is good, isn't it, guys? That's what I mean. Now it'd be like the middle. Clear. The middle of an Electric Six gig, Dick Valentine gets his phone out and just starts playing a David Bowie song on Spotify into the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> and then they carry on, like, playing afterwards. I don't know, I think he'd do that. He, he'd, do it as a, he'd do it as a wonderful joke, is how that would play. <laughs> he's actually got a bit in his show at the minute where he started just getting his phone out and checking it on stage during one of the solos as a bit. So <laughs> it's only, like, an extra step from that. I think you're overselling how much of these clips are actually in here. I really don't think it's much. You hear James Stewart say, Merry Christmas, movie house, and that's kind of it, really. And I, I think It's prominently throughout that scene with the mum as well, where, where she's chopping onions, and then the kid says, why are you crying? And she goes, oh, it's a sad film, and she doesn't go, oh, because I'm chopping onions. That was weird. Is that a joke? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Perhaps better actors might have landed it better. But, uh, I mean, I can't deny that, that the cast are wooden. Um, it's probably the polite way of putting it. I think, I think the mum's one of the better ones. I'll tell you who's good. Polly Holiday? No. Oh, you Judge Reinhold. No. Oh, the character the goes nowhere. He's no reason to be in the film at all. Come on, you know who I like. Hey, Walter, here's what you're gonna do, Walter. You're gonna, you're not gonna let them. <laughs> That's the worst impression I've ever tried. I don't know. I don't know who. Hey now. <laughs> hey, Walter, you're not gonna get them wet, Walter. Who's you're gonna ring guy? me? I, I'm doing Jeffrey Tambor by mistake, but it's meant to be uh, Breaking Bad Man, Mike. What's he called? Oh, right, yeah. I noticed, yeah, Mike from Breaking Bad is in it, but oh. he barely does anything. He's like, he comes in at one point and sort of goes, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> does his like, laugh from Breaking Bad, and I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, um, the good. Judge Reinhold character, funnily enough, you should say, Alan, he, he had some uh, scenes deleted. They eventually went that and found sense. him. He'd gone insane, and he'd locked himself in the vault at the bank. Uh, that but apparently, makes a lot of sense that there would just be a bit of a payoff for that character. Yeah, yeah I but saw, they, I they saw that it's canon that he's dead. <laughs> Even though it's deleted scene, I don't know how okay. they've established that. Do they mention that he's dead in the second one or something? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, but there was a whole like the mum was supposed to die in one of the earlier drafts of the script. Like like I say, it was like much much darker. Um, the mm. gremlins killing more people. Like, even now, it's somewhat ambiguous. I think they killed a science teacher. I mean, they definitely kill Mrs. Beagle. Uh, oh, Mrs. Deagle rather. Um, but I the, think that's they, the only the two. We see, we see her go flying teams. across the like. <laughs> across the sky, but do we see her actually <laughs> die? Uh, you see her it's quite a cartoony film. The... You see her. You sure she doesn't like land snow. on the floor and turn into like an accordion shape and like stand up? Because that's <laughs> the sort of thing Joe Dante would. Well, yeah. that character we see her very early on. She gets established. The the most b grotesque cartoon villain, like no no attempt to yeah. sort of character nuance at all. <laughs> 
Well, no, she, What's she the op- was opposite of pet the cat is kill the dog moment, isn't it? She threatens to like. <laughs> hey, I tell you what. Him. No, I tell you what. Now I know that scene is supposed to be establishing she's a nasty piece of work, but that dog is out of control. It's a menace. It should be. <gasps> no. It should at the very least be taken away from that boy who obviously can't train it right. It well, attacks uh, her. I mean, it physically attacks her that in a, in a bank. Why has he got his dog in at work? That's another thing. Immediately sacked. <laughs> If you've got your dog at work, it's not a real job. That's the rule. <laughs> She's uh, very much based on um, what's her name, Mrs. Gulch from The Wizard book. of Oz. Uh, <laughs> sort of, you know, what, except the wicked witch. Well, I'll yeah. At one point, she goes, "I'll get you next time, my pretty." <laughs> or something. Yeah. She says something really Wizard of Ozish. You know, yeah. Like, and your little dog too. Like, come on. Yeah. Right. I see. I see. And even in this crappy, ridiculous film, it doesn't really fit. You know what's really good in this film? Oh. What is really good in this? The music. The main theme tune, yeah, the basic The main theme, when it starts kicking in, when the grimms are. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Great, great. Did I recognise that from somewhere else? Because it seemed really familiar. Is it just this stuff? Uh, they probably oh. play it around the Brixton windmill at Christmas or something. <laughs> no, you're right, Alan. Uh, Jeremy, Jer- Jeremy Goldsmith? Jerry Goldsmith uh, reused certain score pieces every now and then, and I think there was a film that predated this that used a very what? similar version of that theme. So Gremlins can't even lay claim to that. That's ridiculous. Eh, uh, well. It's a blame Jerry Goldsmith. Not... It's like Hans Zimmer, isn't it? Just reusing Lion King 2 for everything. Hey, you know, speaking of that dog, they set it up as like a really good character. It's one of the best actors. It's is like is the dog's you know the kid's best friend. All this, and then they just get rid of the dog like with some contrived plot that they need. That he's in the car with the dad. Like, Again. why not have the dog running around like helping fight gremlins? You could have a little. You could just put a puppet in his mouth and tell it to go mad. And he pops up at the end, and I like that uh, Gizmo's yeah, going put, by in a little car and it makes him jump. Sock. With a gremlin face on it. Um, well, funnily enough, you should say, Alan, because the dog was originally supposed to die in one of the earlier drafts, um, and uh, yeah, they decided not to do that again because too dark. So the mum lives, the dog lives, but they both sort of get ushered away, and you don't have to think about them again. But then the problem is that we kind of set up this character, then they disappear. There's just no follow through on anything. Even the even our main. What's the character journey of our main protagonist? Uh, well, he doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> what give me a character journey in this film any anyone if anything i think that the arc is with gizmo uh he is ultimately <laughs> the one to uh rambo up and they make more of a thing of this in the sequel but he is the one yeah, in, the, who... in the next that's, film that's entirely in the sequel Calvin. it doesn't happen i was gonna say there's <laughs> none of that it's, in it's, here it's, it's, it's here a bit he's you know picked on and then by the end he's driving the car and pulling the um <laughs> The blind uh, thing to. I, I guess you're right. In. That is the closest thing we have to a character arc. Okay. And you know, it's about the kids' relationship together, Billy and Kate, and how they're quite shy, and this experience brings them together. <gasps> Do they? Are they? This thing. Hey, I tell you what, though. You know how they work in a bank at the yeah. beginning, which I think is just a nod to "It's a Wonderful Life." By the way, just they just wanted to have a scene in a like an oldie worldy bank. Mm. That's that's how my parents met. They when in they were bank. teenagers, both working in a bank. Yeah. Ah. Yes. That's, that's my personal connection to Gremlins. Though. This explains why you hate it so much. <laughs> they never taught a dog to work. Though. 
<laughs> I, uh, whilst I won't stand by them as great actors, I do really like Zach Gallagher and Phoebe Cates in this. And I know that her scene about her dad getting stuck in the chimney and dying gets a lot of stick. Um, I think it's kind of perfect and works with the tone of this thing really well in the terms of the dark comedy that I think, uh... You know, Joe Dante's clearly going for, and the studio tried to make him cut it, but he insisted on it remaining in there. And like I say, I know it's a much dogged on element of the film, but I I like it. I find it quite chilling. I find it darkly comedic. Um, well, that's really it. Like, nice. all, okay, all, all the performances are quite poor, and, and it, that, it comes to a point where you've got to kind of blame the director. So, has Joe Dante ever made anything like. Good. Well, yeah. <laughs> That, yeah, that I like. Now that I'm, I'm just wondering now that you pointed that out. I don't Do you like Looney it. Tunes back in action? No, obviously not. Oh, right. Oh, okay. No, it's better than Space Jam. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> not so much. Uh, let me have a look. Gremlins 2. I, I, th- I think of him fondly. I kind of think, like, oh, Joe Dante, cool. Uh, Twilight Zone the movie, not great. Uh... Uh, Gremlins 2, yeah, 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 yeah. Small Soldiers. Looney Tunes back in action. It's not looking great, this. The whole. Uh, Piranha. The reboot, the reboot of MacGyver. Um, okay. I, I have seen he actually directed Police Squad, the TV series that inspired the, the Naked Gun. So oh. I guess that's kind of cool. He did two episodes of Police Squad. I do like Police Squad. I didn't know that. But I feel like he peaked there. <laughs> Have I seen The Howling? He directed The Howling. No, I've not seen The Howling. You know, I've not seen that either, but it is... Uh, yeah, it's it's a known quantity. But I, I think... Uh, the acting-wise, you could do this exact same material with better actors and it would just work a lot better. Okay, like, so the, the dad in particular... Everything he does just lacked any urgency whatsoever, and there's all this, there's there's loads of material there that you could do fun things with, and just gives nothing to it. Like even he he's supposed to be a kooky inventor. Like why is he? Why have they cast him as like the fat you know middle aged American? Oh, I'm just stuck on the couch kind of guy. I know exactly um, why. Do you want me to tell you? <laughs> Oh, is it Joe Dante's brother-in-law or something? Uh, he's a musician that Joe Dante was a big fan of. So He's a musician? Yes. Uh, um, right. uh, let, let, let me just have a look. Does he play any music I, in the film? <laughs> uh, singer, songwriter, guitarist, uh, and actor. Oh, okay, he'd been in films before this. He was in The Black Stallion. Um, if that means anything to anyone. Is that a porn film? don't know <laughs> um but yeah i mean not not great um but i i don't know there's something kind of st- i i because ev- everyone is stilted in this every except for perhaps uh, mrs deagle i think everyone mm. else is playing it yeah. very earnestly and very uh they're not winking they're not nudging you and yet the gremlins are and i think that joe dante is and i think there's something about that that works quite nicely. It feels like a 50s B-movie um, with a bit more of a knowing sense of humour. Uh, well, uh, that's it. I think it's just a 50s B-movie with, okay. no, with no understanding of why it's crap. 
Well, no, I mean, you wouldn't get, you know, the the ants in them, like, playing poker and shooting each other. Like, there's definitely gags. Yeah, Yeah, because they actually took the film would maintain... uh, Yeah, that's why them's good. (laughs) (laughs) Because they had had higher standards than Jones. The threat's, like, consistent. (laughs) Mm. That's great. That's a really good film. I love that. It is off all the way through. that. I couldn't figure out was it the music wasn't working, the editing was off or something, but it just the yeah, whole thing no, I agree lacked with you. It's drama. Slightly, it lacks slightly... momentum. The speed is off, the pace is off somehow. I couldn't. Well, that's why I mean every scene with it. the gremlins. It's like they're so in awe of the special effects that they forget to like keep the pace up. Because so every scene, every kind of gag scene with the gremlins lasts about four times longer than it should. And all, all the act, all the dialogue just needs to be fifty percent faster. Not, regardless of any kind of emotion or intent you're putting into it, just be faster because it feels really slow. But you're right; the edit does feel weird. Like even at the start, when when the when we when we hear the kid telling the dad the rules of the gremlins, like that should be a proper scene. But instead, we like get this weird. Like, oh yeah! By the way, uh, don't get it. Don't get it. What? Yeah. Well, no, it's like weird voiceover over like a weird slowing down the shot of him walking away from the place with like a colour filter over oh, it. Oh, so he like, says, oh, they told me these rules. It's it's like d- d- did the kid fuck up the line? Like, what what's the deal there? Like, it, it feels like an edit where they've had to, like, fix something. Well, that sounds wrong. like Calvin said they just chopped the beginning down because they want to get into the I guess so, audience. yeah. Mm. Which is a shame because the beginning's the best bit. Mm. Chop hey. the middle bit down when the gremlins are just doing playing with puppets and watching Snow White. <clears throat> um, hey, I've got a question for you, right? Do you remember Furbies? Oh yes. Oh yeah, of course, very well. Yeah. So is, is that were they just completely ripping off Mogwai? Or is the, were they was yeah, there yeah. legal problems for that, or did they was it legit? Was it like a licensed product thing? Because well, it's I, I, just I, so blatantly a Furby. That, that is a good question, well, actually. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's it's just a. A fluffy, but it was furry, like twenty odd years cute later. little animal, isn't it? I mean, yeah, but it looks like... exactly like the Mogwai thing. Yeah, well, at one point the Gremlins look exactly like the Tribbles from Star Trek that I mentioned earlier. You know, it's but it's, that is just a little ball of fur, though. That, that uh, yeah, going just Whoa. a transitional phase. That is probably a deliberate. They multiply when they get wet, I believe, don't they? Or maybe they just multiply. Maybe they just fuck each other. And that's just, how they do yeah, it. I can't remember. <laughs> like rabbits, but they multiply in a very similar capacity. They're like overrun with the things. Um, I'm reading the IMDb trivia here. It's really upset me. It's just you know you know IMDb trivia is just bullshit. Mm. Yeah. Like there's one interesting bit of trivia here that apparently Spielberg was considering Tim Burton to direct based on his uh, short films, but decided not to because he'd never made a feature before. So that's that a good decision. That, that, that that's makes panned sense, out well. <laughs> that's a logical uh, fact, though. I can believe that. Yeah, that's that's vaguely. Uh, vaguely interesting but then there's other bits of trivia on here there's a bit of trivia that one night the uh the gremlin uh, animatronic was malfun- malfunctioning so much the whole cast fell asleep on set because of the delays yeah every is film that, is that, i found that interesting that's what i mean is that is <laughs> every that, film that's why ever got, made <laughs> that's why they've got a fucking that's why they've got trailers with like beds they're shooting, they're shooting at night. it's like i was gonna say it's that's not that's not even slightly It'd be weird if they didn't go to sleep at a certain point. Like, it's just... <sighs> the original script contained a scene where the gremlins attacked a McDonald's, eating the customers instead of burgers. Well, there's quite a <laughs> prominent Burger King signage in this film. 
that obviously fell through. The McDonald's <sighs> Director Joe Dante prefers Gremlins 2, the new batch, to this movie. Hmm, that is interesting. Go <sighs> I've got one more point. Go okay, on. you know the old Chinese man who sells them? Doesn't sell them to think. Yes, I was. I I assumed this came out after the Karate Kid, and it was like, oh, we've got like Mr. Miyagi Fever. Let's put a version of him in everything. And no, because then it's the same year, been, isn't it? Well, this then this might have been good because they would have had something decent to copy. Uh, but they they the, my problem with it is he doesn't really see much in the first scene, but when he comes back at the end, he's doing a really crap like old Chinese man voice. Like he's obviously not. I guess he's Chinese origin, whatever, but he's obviously got an American accent, but they've told him to do. <laughs> like, I am old Chinese man. And he's just, it's such a, even that is crap. Like, just hire an old Chinese bloke. It's not that hard, is it? He is an old Chinese bloke. I thought it was Eddie Murphy in a, in a mask. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad the accent was. Um, what do you guys think of the gremlins themselves? <laughs> I want to take a shower. Yeah. And my mom was like, no, 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 I need to take get in the shower before you. I was like, all right. And so I went to my room and then my mom was like, this is the story you were not sure about taking. Yes. Okay. Tell and me. My, my mom was like, I'm getting in the shower. She says like, I'm getting in the shower. I was like, all right. And she's like, no peeking. <laughs> and I went, what? I just said, what? Out loud. And then she showered, she showered for a little bit. And then uh, she's like, I'm getting out of the shower. No peeking. And she did it again. And I went, Ma, what the fuck? Like, I yeah, I was like, what the fuck are you saying that for? What the, what, why are you saying that shit? Yeah. Okay, you guys, listen up. Do I have to come up there myself? Do you think the Grimsters can stand up to the Hulkster? Well, if I were you, I'd run the rest of Gremlins right now. Sorry, folks. It won't happen again. guys think of the gremlins themselves like were, were you charmed by some of the puppet work and there's like uh, stop motion bit did you enjoy that soul or uh no i thought the stop motion bit was f- fucking dreadful actually <laughs> it looked really really poor um the mogwai gizmo i think he's very very cute i yeah. i see how that was like a smash hit with children and very popular mm. i'm surprised there weren't more and aren't more mogwai toys to, mm. to my Furby's. knowledge yeah, it mm. seems like that should have taken off like Pokemon did, you know. Mm. Um, the Gremlins themselves, yeah, they're, they're sort of like they're fine. Mm. I I think it's a nice bit of puppet work and stuff, but yeah, I mean, I've seen better not... puppetry. I wasn't yeah. watching it like, wow, this is amazing puppetry in this. I was watching it like, eh. 
I guess yeah, it's like charming when... that they're puppets. It wasn't like when I watched uh, Little Shop of Horrors that came out two years later and has like incredible animatronics and puppetry where you're like mm. in awe of what they're doing or the thing even that came out like what two years later again um why no why... no actually when did the thing come out yeah, uh, that about right, yeah. oh no the thing came out two years before this so oh yeah, right no excuse hmm. well right i i you know like to to compare it to say when i watched labyrinth right there's some mm. scenes in Labyrinth yeah. where there's this big group scene, there's loads of puppets, and you you kind of, you without losing the reality of the world you're in, you get a sense of how much is going on and, yeah, and, and yeah. what must be going on behind the scenes. There's lots of different types of puppets. There's, you know, just a hand up the neck and things bouncing up and yeah. down, little people in suits running around, things with animatronic faces. Yeah. There's my, so much ref- going on. Yeah. There's shots in Army of Darkness when the skeletons attack the castle, and you've got like three different layers of you've got your stop-start animatronic skeletons like bringing up the rear. You've got like um, extras dressed up as skeletons right at the back, just filling it in. You've got like puppet like half puppet skeletons with no legs like up in front of the camera being puppeteered. It's like it's a really beautiful mixture of effects work and mm. I, I don't know I did, there was nothing in this film where I but looked in this, it yeah, even the like, big scene wow. when they're all in the, in the cinema and there's kind of a lot going on it just all felt like they're all the same and they're all just yeah, you know smoking or eating popcorn <laughs> it's the kind of film where I feel like a lot of you know a lot of people would have been like all the puppeteers you need to give your puppet a your gremlin a character and i want your gremlin to like you know behave in that way and it doesn't feel like that when you're watching it it feels like they've just yeah. asked a you know a, a runner to just hold the puppet in place while they like film the shot yeah. and yeah there was not a lot of personality in it and they kind of try and make an effort to make the the leader stripe uh just give him a, a mohican so that he can tell who he is <laughs> but that's that's it really yeah there's no yeah they needed more personality like individual things that mm. you could identify with yeah calvin tell me one good thing about this film oh my god <laughs> you can't, can't. Uh, See? i think it's funny i think it's very funny do you really yes <laughs> wow. you know, i was gonna say that i just paused i thought Saul's gonna take care of this <laughs> no 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 I, I i think it's i think tonally i think it it's like i say i compared it to um an american world Laurel and Hardy. Hardy. i think it's <laughs> Give us some jokes that are funny. Well, it's, Remind it's not, me. It's not jokes necessarily. It is like I mean I do think that Mrs. Deagle having her uh, Stana lift <laughs> tampered with and then she goes flying out the window. I think that that's funny. I think the oh, God, the dad's. So... <laughs> your idea of like a what? Uh, your idea of a hilarious joke is just <laughs> catapulting an old woman. <laughs> Calvin, Calvin does Catapulting like... an old woman to death. Calvin does like violence, though. Like, gremlins being stuck in a blender in the microwave and stuff like that. Mean-spirited like violence as well, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. All right, well, I, you know what? I also like I like some of the um, inventions. Um, I like the smokeless ashtray that he tries to sell to that one guy, and then when he's leaving, there's just smoke billowing out of it. Uh, I thought that See, was oh, funny. Okay. One of my problems with all that was all his inventions are things that actually exist <laughs> and i couldn't tell if that was the joke or not I well, yeah he's not very good yeah i, ju- I just assumed in 1984 they didn't have a, a a swiss army knife or a orange juicer 
Yeah, that, it, but an orange juice already exists. So what niche are you filling? Yeah. Unless you're going to make it like cheap. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't. Yeah, even that didn't make sense. I'm surprised that you're both so. Uh... Yeah, uh, disliking of this film. I kind of thought that this was going to be... Uh... I sound more negative than I actually feel towards it. I, I, I should... I'm going to soften that surprise blow that I don't I don't hate Gremlins. It's just... It, I don't get the love for Gremlins. You know, it has a um, an animated series coming, I think? Well, it must be next Ooh, year I now. I to ask about that, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, think... I know they're making... They're, they've been talking about a third gremlins movie for like the longest time yeah it's um, been like 10 years or something well it does feel and like then, something and that's currently that's... listed on imdb for 2023 which absolutely cannot be correct can it uh well there is this um the, the animated series is called gremlins secrets of the mogwai and it has zach gallagher <laughs> coming back as billy peltzer oh, gremlins is ripe ripe for a remake you know it's it's Mm. It's a nice concept, but done badly first time round, so let's do it then. Zach Galligan says Gremlins 3 is inevitable if the HBO <laughs> Inevitable. Max se- that's not the, a compliment. <laughs> if the HBO Max series succeeds, that's what he says Gremlins last 3 year. Gremlins 3 is unstoppable. Uh, Which sounds like it isn't official, but then there's other things claiming that it is official. I agree, though. I, I'm, I think Gremlins 3 if it ever gets made, will likely be the best one in the franchise. By you do it as a soft reboot. What? You know, trade on the nostalgia, but basically... Well, yeah, it'll just be it, new characters the get well. the, the Mogwai and the same thing happens again, but they'll just kind of do it well. And then cause... someone calls Zach Galligan in as, like, the expert, and he has to mm. come and help. I, I, I can't wait for it. But the second one obviously flopped at the box office uh, quite significantly. Um, and to be fair, it wasn't really... I don't really... know why you made me laugh when you said flopped. There's something <laughs> sexual about that. <laughs> um, That's the way but, you said it. I don't know. But I can definitely see why, Like as Saul said earlier on, that film is very much just... They they want they they couldn't conceive of doing a Gremlins film without Joe Dante back apparently. So six years later, they just let him have complete free reign, and he made something very non-franchise friendly. I'll say. I, I was so disappointed when I came to watch Gremlins two because oh. people talk about it like it's the weirdest, wackiest film. I can't believe this got through production. Blah blah blah. And then you watch it, and it's like, well, it's just it's just Gremlins again, but with like five little weird bits chucked in where it's sort of like no, oh, that was a bit weird well, no the, this, the whole tone of the thing is very different it, it it i wouldn't even describe it as a horror comedy like i do the first one i think it well, is i wouldn't much... call the first one a horror comedy really but okay, uh, okay. uh but no like you know it, it breaks the fourth wall a lot it's very self-referential it's poking fun at itself it's it's very meta uh in a similar vein to a lot of wes craven films i would say uh yeah. Well, speaking of meta, have you uh, have you guys seen Portuguese Gremlins? No. Oh, it's good. You should check it out. Hmm. I knew the rules would bother you, Sol. Like the well, if it can't re- eat after well, midnight, it... then you know what? Well, time you're can saying eat? that like I'm you're saying that like I'm being pedantic, but it like blatantly doesn't make any sense <laughs> whatsoever. To the point that if someone told you that when you were buying the thing, you would just sort of just not being difficult, you would just be like. Okay, so when 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 can I start feeding it again? Like you, 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 like what do they ever establish how that works in the franchise? Is there ever a hint of like, or is it just Joe Dante's line of "Well, we make fun of that in the second one." So. Well, no, you go yeah, to they sleep. make fun of it in the second you one, go and that's to sleep, it. And then when you wake up, you have breakfast. Is that it? Is that it? Is it just like a spiritual? It's just depending on when you sleep. D- does this feel like the next day or not? Kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, he must really stink if you can't get him wet. Yeah. There's no bathing him. How do they take on moisture? Because they've got like eyeballs that seem to operate the same as hmm. other animals with moisture in them. Yeah. I don't know. I guess some people can be allergic to water, can't they? So, and then, yeah, our bodies are 70% water or whatever. Yeah, yeah, people can be allergic to water. Water allergy? Yeah. That's terrifying. You can, yeah. you can gain and you can become allergic to anything at any given time in your life out of nowhere. If I can become yeah. allergic to water, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's awful. So I mean, then... is that is if you drink like orange juice, is it all right? Uh, <laughs> or is know, it like does your is your body know. smart enough to go? There's water in this. You can't have it, mate. Uh, well, because they must, you know, hydrate somehow. Maybe I'll look into this. I assume um, they just suffer through the. Like my, I, I had a friend who was allergic to shellfish, and she just ate it anyway and got, like, puffed up because she liked <laughs> eating prawns. Oh, God. That's a, that's a, yeah. They're not that good. Mm, I love prawns. Gremlins, eh? Well, go on, then. Um, anything else, or, or should we, should we no, just... No, 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 no. My Feet. Christmassy spirit has been trampled on. <laughs> discussing this beloved classic with you both. Calvin, don't... Aren't Lady Gaga fans called Little Gremlins or something? What's no Little Monsters? Little Monsters. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. All right, forget that then. <laughs> Thought that might be related somehow. It's Electric Six fans, Alan. They're called Gremlins. Yeah. Are they? No. <laughs> what are they called? You must have a little name for yourselves. Uh, they the Crazies, weirdly, which isn't very good to be honest. That's also a film. Uh, it is also a film, yeah, George Romero. Uh, right, should we rate it? Should we should we put a number <clears> on it? Oh, I go yes. On okay. Um, I, I'll go first. Calvin, you go first, then I'll go second, so Saul can decide who he loves most. Okay, right, yes. <laughs> I'm very curious to see what you're both going to rate this. Um, it's an eight from me. I'm quite surprised that I've been the lone positive voice. I thought that this would be... Well, I, I didn't know about Alan, but I thought that Saul might have like me, had some sort of fond uh, memories of this. Though, like I say, I, I did only come to it very late on. Uh, I think I must have been late teens, early 20s, whenever mm. I started watching this religiously, because, as I say, it was a little bit too scary for me as a delicate child that I was. Mm. Um, but no, I think it's very funny. I, I love the tone, the mood. I think it's creepy and scary in places still. And yeah, I still laugh. I think it's just a lovely, dark comedy um but it has that festive uh, feel to it, that, so it's nice to watch around this time of year. Um, I'd take it over Die Hard any day. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I think it's interesting what you're saying there, because I, I was trying to think, like, who is this film for? Like, who who would like this? I think... But I, I also think that it's boring. I think it's really slow and not well put together, so that's boring for a kid, so it wouldn't appeal to them on that level. It takes too long to get going. I think it's objectively a badly put together film. I think even Calvin is going to agree with that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the, but, you know, you can get away with that if it's just fun bits, especially in a, just a chaotic film. And perhaps that's there. I don't really care for it myself. Uh, anyway, I gave it a three. Ooh. Ooh. It's lower than even I thought you were going to go there. <laughs> well, I'm I'm more on Calvin's side than yours then, Alan. Um, it turns out because it's it's got stuff I like in it. I I I don't 
hate it. I just think it's a mess and it's a waste of a good premise, really. Yeah, um, it definitely is that. I think this could be ten times better easily, just and yeah. with with no more money spent on it, really, because it's the Gremlins oh, yeah, where you're totally. putting the money. You just need a, a, a good with less money, honestly. If you, if it was... uh, you do, all you need is a, a, someone to write a script, actors, and a director. That's all you need. <laughs> Easy. Um. I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. It's quite a generous six, but yeah. So there you go. Slightly more on Calvin's side than yours, Alan. Mm. I'm afraid. So guys, does that mean Christmas is over then? Yeah. Calvin, how many films are in your I watch this every year at Christmas list now? Um, you know what? There's probably not that many. There's this. There's Black Christmas. Uh, Mickey Mouse's Christmas Carol. When you say uh, Black Christmas, though, you watch all like three. Versions <laughs> of that, I don't... No, I do only watch. Well, I watch the original one. I might watch the see how I feel. Uh, the first remake. Um, I I did watch the third one last year, and I didn't like it very much. So I don't think that'll be coming a. It's weird. I I know we've spoken about it before, but like you hated the first remake, and you've like really come round on it now. <laughs> well, I think I there's something comforting about it. It's very. Uh, <laughs> Inoffensive. Is it the murder? So, uh, Calvin, you went on <laughs> full-on drunken rants against <laughs> the Black Christmas remake and uh, what they did to He Billy doesn't drink like and... he used to. You know, he's, yeah. he's settled down a bit. Mm. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life, of course. That comes up. Uh, what, what's? Is, has there been no recent additions? What's? Have you seen? Have you seen Violent Night yet, Calvin? The name suggests that you'll no. enjoy that one. No, I haven't. Uh, but I, I'm sure I you'll didn't... hate it. It's more of an action thing than a than a people being killed thing, isn't it? Is that the one with David Harbour in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh... That's this year's big Christmas movie. Oh, and there's that Spirited with uh, Will Ferrell and uh, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, and and that Lindsay Lohan one, the Lindsay Lohan one. I actually want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I did see that uh, Disney Plus have done a Tim Allen's back as Santa Claus. For that's us. a TV series, though. That's, that's right. a Disney Plus series. Yeah. An ongoing... Uh, I think the guy who did that right-wing Fox sitcom that he was doing is involved. Oh. Mm. Oh, and Nightmare Before Christmas, of course, which me and Sol watched last week. Apparently there's a load of jokes in uh, in the, Tim, the, the Santa Clauses, this new thing that are like... Oh, you can't say anything. You can't even say Christmas these days. All woke. <laughs> oh dear. Mm. <laughs> Tim Allen. So what do you do, Alan? I guess you've you've got a nephew, and <laughs> so you presumably a Christmas day is all about well, the children. Funnily enough, my family had their Christmas two days ago. Uh, I wasn't there. <laughs> so, I, uh, oh, you normally I, I, go along to your family's thing. Why? Why did you? I must say, I did see your brother here. posting the pictures, and I had hoped that they were from like a previous year or something. <laughs> not, uh, not this year. No. Mm. No, no, no. I just haven't had the time to go up this year. Uh, my parents are going on holiday in a few days, so I'm not going up for actual Christmas. So you're actually getting. You're not even getting the meal this year. You're going to have nothing for Christmas mm. whatsoever. Well, that's why that's I'm going. So sad. I'm going over to the community center tomorrow to help. Give the old people their Christmas dinner because I reckon I'll get some food. Out. <laughs> That's love. Oh, oh. <laughs> but I, am, nice. I am going to volunteer as well, but you know, I'm, it's because I was there while he was cooking it today, and I really want the Christmas dinner now. But I'm gonna have it on my own, mate. Christmas Day, I'll cook my own turkey for one, a little tiny little turkey. Sounds I'll get a so finch depressing. or something. I'll probably cook myself a Christmas meal. In addition to doing Christmas properly, like on another, I'm gonna day. go around all my neighbours and just eat Christmas dinner like Vicar of Diddley. 
And then have a Terry's chocolate orange at the end. Mm. Don't tap it, whack it. <laughs> I like the white ones as well. They only come out at Christmas, don't they? Ooh, I've seen they've got a dark chocolate one out. I'm really excited. I'm going to order one. It's a shame they don't do a multi-pack, because then we could share. You could have the oh, dark chocolate one, I could have the white chocolate one, and Alan could have the milk chocolate one. I'll have the normal one, yeah. I'm going to buy yeah. one of each. Oh. oh. And melt them all into one giant chocolate orange. Oh. <laughs> hey, do you know, I was in Sainsbury the other day, <clears throat> and it said on the little price label, Terry's white chocolate ball. <laughs> it didn't even say orange. <laughs> 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 like, come on, guys. Wow. <laughs> it comes yeah. in segments. Do you yeah, know Terry's originally did a chocolate apple and then they changed it to orange? Really? Is is that because yeah. of the the segments? I don't know. Because like... yeah, surely that's the whole point of it. You can't just make a big chocolate ball; it'd be impenetrable. Mm. But it's true. Oh, I, like went, it, I went to the I, I went like to the the chocolate history history thing in York, and they told us that. That's 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 another one down then, isn't it? Christmas. Good Christmas fun. I'm coming round yeah. to Christmas. You know, I think I was very cynical about it for a long time. Mm. Well, now, now you're now you don't have to spend it with your family. <laughs> Not just this year. I mean, in general, I think it's. I think well, um, just a, a peek into our personal life. Sol and I spent uh, a while the other day. We walked around like the fancy streets of London and all the lights and everything and all the shop displays. Yeah, I was, was, I was quite, coming round to London. Pleasant. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Just everyone's kind of on the same page and playing to the same game, and it's it's, it's quite nice. Really. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what most people immediately land on before they can speak. But okay, good. Yeah, but good I, I've, I've never really felt part of society, <laughs> so it's it's a different. Thing. Yeah, well, fair enough. So, are you? Because I, I know you used to be vehemently against if you ever had a kid, vehemently against letting them believe in Father Christmas. You were just going to uh, tell them straight up they didn't exist. So, have you come around on that yet, or are you still gonna? I don't just... like the concept. I don't like the concept at all, but <clears throat> yeah, well, I was, yeah, yesterday, not, yeah, yesterday I was, you know, I was helping with the Santa's Grotto, all the little kiddies, and did, no, did you believe in Father faces. Christmas when you were a kid, or did your parents not let you have that? No, that no, they definitely don't? did that. I don't remember at what age, I don't remember, but bear in mind, I'm the youngest of three, so it might have been given away to me hmm. early on. Right. But I don't know, I don't, I don't recall specifics. But hmm. um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I was like, I think... how come Santa's getting his presents off the car boot? <laughs> <laughs> we should, we should bring some of these things back. Do you know the Christmas cat? The Christmas cat? No, but I yeah. can get on board with anything to do with a cat. The Christmas cat. I think it's Iceland's like Santa. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. It's from Iceland. It's a giant cat who comes on. I think Ooh. Christmas Eve. Is this and if you're not cultures. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like Krampus and Belsnickel yeah. and all those. They've got these, like, evil oh, Santas the, the in other countries. the in Holland. Yeah. So the, the Icelandic one is the Christmas cat. It's a giant cat. It comes on Christmas Eve. And if you're not wearing a new item of clothing... So I think generally you get given a gift of, like, new socks or new pants or something to wear as a kid. If you're not wearing a new item of clothing, the cat eats you. <gasps> That's the Christmas cat! <laughs> That's our little bastards, though, aren't they? <laughs> can't wait till can't wait till like the horror circuit latch onto that one and we get three like Christmas cat horror movies in mm. quick succession. Be good fun. Thanks for listening, everyone. Mm. See you on the next episode, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. Yeah, Merry Merry Christmas. Happy Merry Christmas. Christmas to all. Oh, moving house. 
Oh, and also thanks to our Patreon subscribers for selecting Gremlins oh, on yeah. our poll. We did thanks, this film, guys. I should mention, because they made us. Have they ever picked a film that I've liked? <laughs> well, it, was, it was between it was between Gremlins and Die Hard three, so Cal, you know Calvin had a nice year. I, I like Die Hard three as a classic. Yeah, no, I like Die Hard three. So like one of us was going to be upset, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Whatever Calvin? happened. All That's brilliant. It's in the movie done.